Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Tonight I am once again joined by my two co-hosts, Joe Farrow on Twitter, that is at the Joe Farrow and Anthony. How's it going tonight, guys? Uh, it could be better. The Nets uh, split uh, the two games since we last podcasted, but um, all things considered, I guess it's all right. Yeah, I mean, we've shown a lot of promise and we've also shown uh, some very negative things, but I mean, all things considered, I'm not too worried. So, So, I mean, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to spend the majority of the time discussing the two games, the Raptors win and the Grizzlies loss. But um, let's very quickly go to the injury report. Um, Obviously, as we all know, Joe Harris is officially off of it. Played, I believe, 18 minutes on Friday and then played 23 minutes last night, um, Monday night against Memphis. Um, looks like he's still on somewhat of a minutes restriction as he did not close out the game last night, which was interesting. Um, I do know that Nash said they anticipated on bumping up his minutes a little bit, and it went from 18 to 23. So let's hope he keeps trending in the right direction and that he can log more minutes. But great to see Joe back on the floor. Seth Curry was ruled out for the Memphis game and the Bucks game which is obviously tomorrow night. I believe he has a chance to play later in the week. Um, was he ruled out Thursday? Does anyone know? I heard he might play Thursday. I think Nash said he won. Is Thursday the home game? Yes. Yeah, I heard he's out for the road uh, the road trip, but the homestand starting could be like the start of him coming back. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be a big boost. Markeith Morris is out with personal reasons. I believe his father passed away. Uh, Prayers to him. He should be – I believe he's out the rest of this week, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely out through Thursday. Has a chance to come back Saturday, maybe. And then TJ Warren, kind of in the same boat he has been. Rehabbing from his long absence. Uh, Absence hopefully comes back early to mid-November. Did I miss anything? Um, Darren Sharp might as well have been injured, but that's it. <laughs> well, well, we'll get fully into that. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Let's dive right into it with the uh, Raptors win on Friday. As we previously said, like, this start to the season for the Nets is absolutely brutal. Like, the Pelicans are legit. They're about to beat a fully healthy Mavs team. I shouldn't say about to. There's three seconds left in the game. They're up one. And they have no one. They have basically CJ McCollum and Valentunas. The rest of their starters are out for the most part. They don't have Zion. They don't have Brandon Ingram. Like, they are legit. Um, And then the Raptors. So, the Nets took a four-point win. Um, Kyrie was fantastic. One of you guys want to take the lead on this game? 
I could take it. I watched the whole game almost. So. I'd be looked. I did. I did too. You're not the only one that watches the games, Anthony. Jesus. Okay, how about, how about <laughs> this? I took a lot of weeks off. I'll, I'll give him my little input since I'm first place in the standings. Um, <laughs> so Friday's game was good. Um, so it was a game. I think Friday was like truly a game of runs, like I would cl- classify. I know basketball was like it's called that, but like that truly was. There's always a game of runs. Yeah, but like the Nets go down 15, the Nets go up 15. I like to say that. I switched where I was watching the game after halftime, and the second I went to this bar to watch the game, the Nets were 19 0 runs. So I'm not taking credit, but I think I am going to take credit for that. Um, Kyrie and Katie are phenomenal. <laughs> Simmons is the one game he played this year was against Toronto. He actually was aggressive, and he got like 6 10 and 8, a couple steals and blocks. Um, that was the positive for that game. I think they closed really well. They had a lot of big shots, like especially Kyrie was really great at closing that one. He had a great heater to start the fourth, so Nash decided not to pull him. So he ended up playing like 40 minutes because of that. Um, but overall, it was a, a good game. It was Joe just getting under his feet. So he didn't really look like Joe, but like he was his first game in like almost 11 months. So like he kind of gave him some slack there. But overall, I thought the Nets matched up really well. Pascal Siakam got his, but the Nets. When it mattered most, they got the stops and got the scores that they needed. Yeah, Pascal Siakam was on one against the Nets. And, I mean, uh, there's always that one guy who decides to go absolutely apeshit against us every single time. And it seems that Pascal Siakam is definitely one of those guys now. Um, Nick Claxton, to me, in that game looked incredible. I mean, obviously, Kyrie Irving was phenomenal, but Nick Claxton – I mean, in the Raptors game as well as the game against the Grizzlies, which we will get into, obviously, he's looked really good. He looks like he's taken a real leap. So that's my biggest takeaway. And the Nets, they just battled, man. They played a really good branded team basketball in that Raptors game, and they fought hard and they got the win. That's that's the most important stat, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, Pascal went for 37, 12, and 11. So he got his, but, I mean, the bench – no one scored off the bench for Toronto. Their lead scorer, they had two guys put up four and one guy put up one. That was it. They only had nine bench points, the Raptors. So that was definitely – I mean, the Nets bench, they're missing Seth Curry, TJ Warren, obviously, that game. And they still outscored them uh, real quick. It looks like the Nets put up 20 off the bench, which obviously isn't great. But when you're missing two prolific scorers who figure to come off the bench, if you can outscore your opponent off the bench, that should be an advantage the Nets would take every night. Um, I, Claxton, I think we were all concerned that Claxton was going to be the starting center. Now, trust me, there are still definitely some concerns and some issues, mainly with him playing alongside Ben Simmons, but we'll go more into that against the Grizzlies when we talk about that game. But Claxton has been the Nets' third best player, and it hasn't been close. Do you guys think that's fair? Yeah, that's fair. I think it's fair. But I think I would rephrase what you said a little bit. I don't think anybody was going to be too concerned about Nick Claxton being the starting center. I think the bigger concern was the combination of Nick Claxton and De'Ron Sharp. I think that's the bigger concern. I mean, Dayron has proved us all right so far, but uh, but Nick Claxton has been very, very good. And the only issue is Claxton does tend to get into foul trouble at times, and we've seen some extended run from Dayron Sharp, and it has not been fun. Yeah, just add on to that. Like, I think overall the center rotation was the problem. You had a guy that last year, like he could show flashes, he could be a little bit explosive, but he misses point-blank shots. 
He does not foul. He does not. He's not a high IQ basketball player. Like stupid fouls, not getting closing in on defenders. Very frustrating to a player. I think Claxton with like a, a stretch five would be like to get the best out of the whole team. And having Dayron there, it's just it's not gonna cut it. And like I'm put this into existence now. The Nets are not a team after the last two years that can afford to just like give away games because of their lack of big men. I think this is not something that can wait to the trade deadline. I'll give like a cross sport comparison. Like the Jets lost their starting running back Sunday, Brees Hall towards ACL. Very next day they trade for running back. Like the Nets have no sense of urgency where like the center position is a real clearing problem and there's like no directive and a lot of teams now that are like on the bottom end of the nba it's going for like that Wembenai, whatever his name uh Webanyama. yeah sweepstakes i think a lot of teams be more than willing to like trade certain pieces to like make their roster worse like that's yeah. what i think the nets should definitely look into it sooner rather than later it's early yeah but i think it's clear cut that this rotation is not going to work yeah, I uh, completely agree with you, Anthony. I just think it's tough because in the NBA, obviously, you have to wait till that, I think it's January 15th time when any guys that signed to trade. Is it December? I'm so dry now. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, it's usually around that, like mid January. Also, I don't think it's been discussed so far, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. One good. person, and when I was just thinking about everything you just said with, um, teams may be willing to give up quality rotation players or whatever to get to increase their chances at the Webbing Yama sweepstakes. What would we think about Mike Muscala? I'm not against it. I don't know if that moves the needle crazy, but I think it's definitely better than we have. I think in terms of fit, he would be great on this team. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it comes to that, I think Mike Muscala, getting him from the Thunder would be an awesome piece Very to Very cheap. So. Yeah, exactly. So it all fits. By the way, it's December 15th. It's December fifteenth. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it's December fifteenth. I was watching the Wizards tonight on League Pass, and they have a ton of bigs that I think would be a good fit for the Nets. I mean, Porzingis, it's not going to happen, but he looked good, man. <laughs> um, besides Porzingis, I'll keep going back to Kyle Kuzma. I know he's not a traditional big, but he's like a four to play a five if he's next to maybe KD Ben. That's just a big team. And he does everything you want. He defends. He knocks down threes. Like I said, he's slightly undersized. It just haunts me that the rumors are the Nets could have had him already because he looks good again tonight. He's averaging like 20 and 7, I think, on the year, and he's knocking down threes at a good clip. Rui Hachimara also looks good, kind of undersized to play the five, but maybe the Nets play small. Um, But Dayron, let's just jump into the Grizzlies game. Dayron got killed in pick-and-roll coverage. Destroyed. Like, he looked like a young DeAndre Jordan out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when DeAndre was with the Nets, not DeAndre in his prime. Like, that's what Dayron looked like last night. Drop coverage and a pick-and-roll. Him and Patty were just getting absolutely exposed, especially in that second quarter. Dayron's still committing stupid fouls. Can't finish. Um, uh, he, I don't know, man. He's just, he's got to go. He's, I think everyone... he's not an NBA player. No, and like he's still super active on the offensive boards, like which I love, but he's just a liability everywhere else, especially in pick and roll. Like he's in drop coverage, and the Grizzlies just attacked it every single time he was in the game with Ja, and 
he couldn't do anything about it. Do we have to transfer the nickname from Blake? Do we got <laughs> do we got a Kwame Sharp rolling around? I think I think um we have the new TLC. Yeah. True. Did any did anyone guess Dayron? I did actually. Yeah, Anthony did. I think, yeah, did. I, think I should get a point to the standings. Just want to say. <laughs> I forget. I forget. Oh, I said Kessler Edwards, and Bro can't even crack the rotation. So. Yeah, I said Patty, and actually Patty's looked to be Patty's being, probably Patty's probably been our fifth best player. Besides <laughs> being a traffic cone defensively, he's knocking down his jump shots. Besides hitting the um, side of the backboard. <laughs> I, I saw um I don't know if you guys follow Brooklyn eighty five on Twitter, but he made a really yeah. good point. I've been like following his Patty takes. He's like, if Patty's not hitting three point shots, he's like absolutely like, the worst player in the league because he just gets ran over. <laughs> and I was like, that's like, a good point. Like he needs to see if he goes back to old Patty last year, he's like unplayable. Well, second half Patty, first half Patty was. Oh, good. that's what I meant. Like yeah, like the way he <laughs> Patty before he was the number one player in game minutes played on the Nets. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if yeah, if he knocks down his threes, especially without Seth, like he's gonna be a valuable piece. But I don't know. Let's just dive fully into the Grizzlies game now. Obviously, the Nets lost one thirty four to one twenty four. Um, incredibly frustrating game. Ton of whistles. Ton of bullshit whistles. Should I add? Especially a couple against Ben. The one where he fouled out was just absolutely ludicrous. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. That was just horrible officiating. Uh, Steven Adams was just mauling people on screens down low, and they didn't call anything. Um, the Nets, I'm pretty sure the Nets have never beaten John Morant. The Nets haven't lost. I mean, the Nets haven't won against the Grizzlies in the last two or three years, I believe. Yeah. So I believe that John okay, Moran has yeah. never lost to the Nets. Yeah. And, I mean, we kind of said it on our preview episode. Like, they're just a terrible matchup for the Nets. They're big. They're athletic. Apparently, Desmond Bain is the greatest shooter in NBA history. <laughs> that man knocked down, this, like, 43s last game. The scary thought is they're arguably second best player wasn't playing, and he is also a big who can shoot the lights out. Correct. Jaren so it's like I that. The last time the Nets beat the Grizzlies? The day. It must have been like 2018. The last Brooklyn Nets win against the Memphis Grizzlies was on January 4th, 2019. The Nets won 109 to 100. You want to guess who was the leading scorer that game? Leading scorer I went to a Nets game against the Grizzlies, I believe, in 2019, and we lost by like 39. And their That's leading score, their leading scorer was Justice Winslow with 19. The last time we beat them, uh, the leading score for the Nets was D'Angelo Russell. The leading score for Memphis was Mike Conley with 31. <laughs> Memphis's starting five was Mike Conley, Jaron Jackson, Marcus Saul, Kyle Anderson, and Garrett. <laughs> Who was Marcus Saul? It was um, uh, Jaron Jackson, Mike Conley, Marcus Saul, Kyle Anderson, Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple played forty minutes. <laughs> Jesus, oh, you should bad. not be losing to any team that has Garrett Temple. They had Joe Kimeno on the bench <laughs> and oh, Javon Carter. I didn't know Javon Carter was in the Grizzlies. Oh my God, jeez, that's that guy. 
That's tough, but Jesus. Yeah, it's been a while. So that I pretty much that confirms they've never beaten Jaw. Yeah, we haven't yeah, yet. <laughs> he like I've obviously seen him play a lot, but he is freakishly athletic. Like <laughs> some of his rebounds, like I felt like he was grabbing the ball literally at the top of the backboard. I mean, he had an uh, he had an absurd alley oop finish. He was oh, yeah. getting through lanes all night that just looked like impossible to navigate. And he was just doing it every time down the floor. It was like, he's special, man. Like if people are still doubting that that guy is a future, like MVP face of the league caliber player, I don't know what they're doing. That's what Bane slept on too, man. Like he like, he's not a household name, I think to like a non common NBA fan, but dude, he's like, creeping up on top 30. I know there's a lot of great players, so maybe you draw the names out, he's not there. But, like, he could be a two on, like, a championship-level team that's starting to look like. Well, to me, I feel like this year he's in that territory that uh, Tyrese Halliburton was last year. Like, coming into the season, everybody knows, like, yes, he's a very, very solid player, and he's just going to break out big time. And Tyrese Halliburton, he did that last year. Like he I, think he's, I think he's miles better than Tyrese Halliburton already is, though. No, I'm saying, like, in terms of, like, positioning coming into this year, he's where Tyrese was last year. And, like, I think he's going to be better than Tyrese. But, like, I think, like, he's definitely taking a major, major leap this year. I don't know about you guys. Since I started watching basketball in, like, 2010, I would say I got really into it. Like, I feel like the level of basketball in terms of, like, players is overall – the NBA is way more talented. I feel like back then there was, like uh-huh. – a group of 10 to 15 guys you knew were like stars, then there's like a big drop off. Now it's like when someone goes like top 10, top 20, it's like shit. I don't even know if that guy is top 10 just because how good the rest of the league is. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's hard to like draw a line now because it's like, yeah, you would say he's, t- he's a top 10 player, but then you start saying our names, you're like, dude, he's not even top 15. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the NBA like has a ton of young talent, which is why I don't think unless teams like really tank. There's going to be too many easy wins. Like, you look at even, like, the Houston Rockets. Like, they're loaded with young talent. Kevin Porter, Jalen Green. You look at the Pistons with Ivy, with Cade Cunningham, with Boyan Bogdanovich, who's draining every shot. You look at Orlando with Jalen Suggs and Paulo Banchero. Like, these are considered the shit teams in the NBA. Even OKC. The Spurs, too. The Spurs have been winning. The Jazz, I mean, I don't think it's going to continue. But the... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Jazz are really yeah. the best Spurs, the Spurs and Jazz definitely seem to be like toilet bowl of the league right now. But... Danny Ainge is just trying to trade Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson a high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Larry pretty... Markkinen? 
maybe a Nets target. We didn't mention Larry Markinen. I think yeah, he'll be a good guy on the Nets. I agree. And maybe we even sneak out Jared Vanderbilt in that trade, get both. That yeah, he's in, in the Barclay Center. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the NBA is just crazy down right now. Like, OKC, like, SGA is an absolute stud. They don't even have Chet, but they still look giddy. They have Chet, Giddy. Uh, I mean, they have so much young talent. And, like, not to mention mm-hmm. they have a couple of nice glue guys that could possibly stay around there for a while. Like, Lou Dort is never going to be, like, a superstar, but he's, like, he's one of those glue guys that you really would like to keep on your team for a very long time. And there's so – all the teams in the NBA, for the most part, that a lot of fans consider to be bad, it's, like, they have so much young talent, and it's, like, they're only a few years away from being, like – like. Right. An, a few years away and a couple of like solid acquisitions from being a uh, like a real contender. It feels like if these guys pan out, that's like just. I mean, I know we're kind of off topic, but kind of feeds into Anthony's point where the Nets don't have any time to like waste because even when you play a team like that, that should be a win. Someone like Banchero or SGA or I could name any of the guys we just listed. They could go off for forty, and you could lose the game. Mm-hmm. And it's like those are supposed to be considered like your easy wins, so like you got to take every game like super seriously right now in the NBA, especially with how talented the East is. You start off two and five, two and six, two and seven. It's going to be hard as hell to recover because you're playing against teams that are just loaded in the East this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like this is like way off topic now but like really there is just so much young talent it's hard to really even think of a team I mean maybe the Jazz but like or the Spurs but like all these teams have at least some form of like potential future star so it's like it really it really is like any team really can upset you any night in the NBA and that's a nine New Jersey Nets I think of that team though there's like really no talent on that team and like think about it now, like it's like crazy how like there's like never teams like that anymore. Yeah. Or those Charlotte Bobcats, like those years they won like ten games. Oh, you have the Trailblazers. Everyone expected them to suck and they're four and oh. Anthony Simons hit seven threes last night. Like I don't know. But let's get back to the Grizzlies. Um Katie and Kyrie were obviously tremendous. Um thirty seven points for each of them. It, from I think Sports Center, it was the first game in, in in the NBA since 1983 where each team had multiple 35 plus point scores. Obviously, Katie and Kyrie on the Nets both had 37, where John Moran had 38 and Desmond Bain also had 38. Um, I, I want to talk about Ben Simmons real quick. <laughs> I just. I just think it has to be done. Um, so I will not publicly – group chats are different. I will not publicly bash <laughs> him <laughs> until we're about 20 games into the season, 20 to 25. And if he still looks like this, like he does right now, I will be incredibly <laughs> nervous for not only Ben, but for the Mets because I don't think if Ben – plays at an all-star level, I think the Nets are in trouble. And currently, he is not playing anywhere near an all-star level. 
Um, he was timid against the Grizzlies again. Like they were playing extreme, extreme drop coverage on him. And the Nets just weren't doing anything about it. There was a great picture I saw on Twitter. I can't remember who it was where Kyrie had the ball at the top of the key. KD was on the right block. And then you had Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, and Ben Simmons on the left side of the court. And the the, uh, Grizzlies had three guys in the paint. (laughs) Three guys just standing in the paint with two feet in the paint. Not sure how that game could call for defense in three seconds, but that just kind of shows the spacing or lack of spacing with that lineup. Um, And then, like, he's got to be able to score at least 10 points a game. And I don't care if he doesn't take a jump shot, but that'll just show that he's being aggressive. There was this one play, he drove, I think it was in transition, he ran directly into Steven Adams, who obviously is a very, very large man, and then, like, Winston grabbed his lower back for a second. But then he was fine, and I thought to myself, like, maybe that'll be the thing that clicks in Ben's mind, where it's like, oh, I can get downhill, I can take hits, like, there aren't many guys bigger than Steven Adams, and I'm going to be fine. And I really hoped he would continue to do it, and he did not. Do you guys think I'm overreacting or do you think like there should be some kind of genuine concern or is it simply too early? I am. I think it's a little bit of both. I think he definitely needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be somewhat of a threat, like you said. So he's not even looking at the basket. And like, yesterday, this one play I noticed he like dribbled. I remember playing like middle school basketball. You know, I like, get yelled at for doing this. He, my coach would be like, why do you stop dribbling and just like trap yourself? Cause then like, you're not a threat at all because now you can't dribble you're smothered on defense, and now nothing can happen. And when Ben did that yesterday, he was trying to get Durant open. It was like six seconds off the top of the shot clock, and it just kind of shows that, like, doing stuff like that just shows you're not a threat in the court at all. Like, because once you stop dribbling, it really just negates the offense. Like, it doesn't help at all. There's nothing positive that comes out of it. So, like, you have to, like, always be looking to drive at least. And there's a lot of shooters in the court, especially when they go, like, like shooter heavy. He needs to, like, attack the lanes and keep the defense honest. He's not doing that. I agree. I I really do. I mean, Ben, I personally, I think it's just simply too early. That's, that's the way I'm seeing it. Cause like, he's still getting his feel back for the game. He's, he's still learning how to play with his new teammates. And granted, I mean, he's, what's the, like with preseason, he's what played now six total games, I guess, if you want to count preseason as real running time on court. But I mean, I think it's still going to take a while and I think it's still very early. So I'm not too concerned about it at all. I mean, I would obviously, we all would like him to be way more aggressive. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think Ben is going to figure it out. Um, and I know there's been a lot of Nets fans saying, I don't want to, I don't want Ben to go back to like how, how he used to be. I've gotten a couple of DMs in and I'm like, well, how Ben Simmons used to be, he was a two-time where he was 24 years old. So if he gets to that level again, I think all the Nets fans should be happy because he was aggressive. But I think, I think, like I said, it's definitely still too early. And to your point, Cody, I definitely wouldn't start worrying about it until, until I, we're at least twenty games into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think Ben getting back to what he was in Philly means the Nets are a championship team. Like that's yeah. what I think. I don't care if he never shoots a jump shot. Um, it does, that does not really impact the Nets at all. I mean, it would be nice if he would pull a shot from like the elbow, 
or maybe did some more floaters or something, but like that's not what the Nets need. And they also need him to be better defensively. Like I understand that Ja and Desmond Bain are like good players, but he's supposed to be their defensive stopper. And if he's not contributing offensively, like he's got to do it defensively. And he's going to get another big test tomorrow against Giannis. Obviously, the Nets defended Giannis very well in the preseason, but tomorrow, I just, I just think Giannis is going to go off again, I, and I'm going to think it until someone stops the other team's best player. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, all right, let's move on from Ben. Like I said, it, it's early. I'm slightly concerned, but if we get to that 25 game mark and it's the same way it is now. Then I'll definitely be concerned. Um, I think New Year's is a good time frame. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because, like, I mean, we all know he hasn't played basketball in forever. Not everyone's Kyrie Irving that can come off after eight months off and go and score 60. But I really hope that Ben, like, watches the film and is like, wow, I'm wide open. Like, I've got to attack. Because <laughs> that's all it is. Like, he looks healthy. He's being like he's competitive we saw it when he fouled out last night like he was pissed like he wanted to be in the game it wasn't like oh okay i'll just go sit down now like no like he was barking at the refs like he wanted to be in the game he was competing he was going at it with i think it was uh dylan brooks so like he the mentally he looks there now it's just getting to being more aggressive but um i have real a quick, stat for real, you guys real yeah, quick he also he also took a shot to the back in yesterday's yeah. game, and then he just kind of like he stretched he stretched himself out a little bit. He he like, I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. He like the he was fine though. He was in the game, so he's able to take hits off that back. And like to your point, he looks healthy. He looks good on the court. He's just picked up a couple of ticky tack fouls, and he hasn't and he hasn't been aggressive enough. So yeah, I think I think in time Ben is going to figure it out. I don't think anybody should really be hitting the full on panic button yet. I have one last thing real quick, just to kind of feed off what Joe just said. I think it's an easy fix. Like, <laughs> what he has to do is simply be aggressive and not pick up moving screen fouls, for example. And there was then like two I think of them last night, right? Yeah, there was two of them. And then there was a loose ball then, foul on a rebound. Then, then there was the a foul PS on Jaw. Yeah. So, like, that's four right there that are easily avoidable. And going forward hopefully he realizes like he's too he should be too valuable to be picking up those fouls and sitting on the bench um real quick before we kind of preview milwaukee from rohan not carney i apologize if i said that wrong on twitter we're a author for sports illustrated the worst lineup in the nba so far this season having a minimum of 35 minutes played together is kevin durant Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, and Royce O'Neal. Yes, that is the Brooklyn Nets starting lineup. Their offensive rating is ninety-five point or yeah, ninety-five point nine. Their defensive rating is one twenty-six point three for a net of minus thirty point four. Is that a reason for concern? Is it just them trying to figure it out? Should Joe Harris go back into the starting lineup? It's so tough. It really is a tough like conversation to have 
because I don't think really like as a whole, they haven't looked great, but like individually in certain spurts, like each one of those players has looked really good. So it's really hard to tell. I mean, maybe they're just not meshing completely yet, but I mean, again, like it's so early in the season we're going based off three games and we've gone against like very, very young, energetic teams that are just going to outrun you all night. Like we just know that's going to happen. So I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I think still you have to wait until Joe gets a little bit closer to like full 100% in terms of conditioning and no soreness with that ankle. But it definitely might be a little bit concerning. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. But <laughs> at, the, at the same time, it's like it's early. Yeah, real yeah, quick before Anthony, you go. I'm sorry. Um, I think – I mean, I thought Joe actually looked pretty good last night against Memphis. I thought he was probably our fourth best player behind KD, Kai, and Clax. I mean, I know he shot. I think it was two for seven from three. But my thing is, if you're starting Claxton and Ben Simmons alongside KD and Kyrie, Joe Harris needs to start. And Royce has to come off the bench. Royce is an average to good three-point shooter. Joe Harris, as we know, is an elite three-point shooter. If, say, you make a trade and you get a Larry Markinen or a Kyle Kuzma or even like a Mo Bamba, someone that can stretch the four at the five position, then I don't have a problem with Royce O'Neal playing with that group. But if you're playing what you have now, I believe strongly that Joe Harris has to be in the starting lineup. I changed my mind since we last talked about this. And it's just Royce looked hesitant last night to shoot the ball. We saw in the closing lineup, like he had caught the ball on the left wing and the shot clock was low. He was open. Instead of shooting it, he passed the ball to Patty Mills in the corner where the defender was already kind of cheating that way. And that's when Patty hit the side of the backboard. One of the times he hit the side of the backboard. Um, it's early, I agree. But I just think like Joe Harris being an elite shooter just causes gravity away from everyone else where maybe Royce won't get that same kind of respect. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think I think it's still might have to wait a few games until Joe has like a full workload and you know he's like able to handle it. So I think they may wait until like at least like another week or two before that's even a conversation in their minds. But I think you definitely were shooting with Ben and Clocks out there unless like you get a stretch five or something that you shoot it. Just not enough shooters in the court. It's like you're playing like almost like two on five or two and a half on five. So that's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Harris starts tomorrow night. I think. If they feel he's ready enough, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if health wise, if he's good enough to play 25 to 28 minutes after he just played 23. And I mean, we didn't hear about any setbacks. I, I don't see, especially against the Bucks that don't have Chris Middleton. So they're going to play a little smaller. So you don't need a Royce. And then Royce could come in for Ben and then could be the primary defender on Giannis again if needed. I, I think it makes sense to start Joe Harris tomorrow night. I agree. But um, anything else you guys want to discuss before we make our picks for the game against the Bucks tomorrow? No, let's get into the picks. All right, Anthony, as you uh... – bragged about before you are currently in first with two wins so you get first pick my friend uh, i think the brooklyn nets 
lose to the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Joe, who's next? Me or you? <laughs> you. All right, I'm taking a win. I think they look good against them in preseason. They're going to miss Chris Middleton. They're going to miss Pat Connaughton. And I am picking the Brooklyn Nets to win tomorrow in Milwaukee. I think I'm going to go with a win as well. All right, simple. No explanation. Nope, I need to. I just need it. I, I can't watch us lose to the Bucks again, especially when they're down a superstar player. Not superstar. I had, I had to pick a win simply due to the fact that I was working Friday night against the Raptors. So I have yet to see the Nets win a game this year. Live. <laughs> I, I watch the Raptors game. I record every yeah, game. I rewatch it. But I've yet to see a live win. And I have a great bench gift from the game against Memphis that I want to use. So I need the Nets to win. Uh-oh. But, uh, there you go. all right. Did we miss anything? I think we got it. Uh, but I think uh, only thing is uh, New York is reinstating uh, all the workers that were laid off for not being vaccinated, and Kyrie Irving is being very vocal about it. Yeah, and they're uh, I think they're getting paid for the work they missed, correct? Yeah, right. yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, Kyrie Irving might be compensated. I don't know, but I have yeah. no clue. That's about it. I think Real quick, real quick. I can't remember who it was, but I saw someone that tweeted, and it was like, do the Nets get the wins back that they lost from Kyrie being out last year? <laughs> so the Nets I, are, it might have Nets been Brooklyn Nets 85. I, I can't remember who it was, but I just thought it was funny. It's pretty good. But um, all right. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Anthony, Joe, and Cody. Let's get a win in Milwaukee tomorrow night. <laughs>